Hey, student body members, what's up, and welcome back to the podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, here's your quick reminder to drop a follow on our Instagram page at the student body pod. Again, that's at the student body pod. You can get updates on our potential episodes, keep up with our members, and even vote on future topics. As always, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. So, one experience I will never forget is the very first time I saw myself represented in American media. Now, if you've seen a couple of our earlier episodes, which have terrible audio quality, so I strongly urge you to not watch them now, you'd know that I'm South Asian, I'm Bengali, and when I was younger, there was never a single Desi person in the cartoons I used to watch. Obviously, I never paid much attention to it because, first of all, I was like seven years old. And the only thoughts that would go through my head while watching something on TV was like, ooh, pretty colors. My prepubescent brain had no knowledge of what disproportionate representation in media was or that the showrunners of my favorite cartoons and series were hesitant to include people of color in a cutscene. Forget about being a side character. Forget about being the main character. Hell, forget about being a significant character at that point. I'll never forget the day I started watching Phineas and Ferb, which would later become a childhood staple of mine. I jumped on the Phineas and Ferb train a little bit later than everybody else, but, you know, I still started watching it. It was just a little bit later on, and I still loved it. Seriously, every time the school year would end in elementary, I would be that one weird kid in the back of class who would start singing their steam song. There's 104 days of summer vacation and school comes along just to end it. And the annual problem for our generation. Yeah, you guys get the point. Anyways, I remember sitting down in front of the TV and watching an episode of Phineas and Ferb. And then the 2D man of my dreams came on screen. Baljeet. Sure, he was scrawny. Yes, he always wore the same pair of overalls. He was absolutely one of the shortest characters there. And yeah, he was a side character and had the stereotypical Indian accent that everybody who isn't brown seems to associate with us the minute they hear the word namaste or curry. But he was still there and he made me feel seen, as strange as that sounds. I'll never forget that one episode where they did a Bollywood dance number and how I felt when he, Phineas, and Ferb pulled up in a kurta. I know it's small, but I still felt represented. My child brain was like, oh my god, that looks exactly like what my dad and uncles wear at temple, just in different colors. Baljeet meant a lot to me as a kid, despite how stereotyped he was. He'll always hold a special place in my heart as the first time I ever saw a South Asian in American media. Now I'm sure there's other examples of South Asian representation. Bendit Like Beckham is another movie um, from that early 2000s period that has uh, a South Asian main character. But 
Baljeet is the one that stuck with me. To this day, the Bollywood number lives in my head, rent-free. Representation is important. Seeing part of yourself on the big screen is important. Representation makes us feel like we're heard, that we aren't just an afterthought. Especially as a person of color, when you come to America, you always feel excluded from the identity of belonging to your own ethnicity or being an American, partially due to the stereotypical image that people seem to have in their heads of Americans being only blondes that drink an excessive amount of beer and wear baseball caps that say, America, land of the free, home of fried butter on a stick. Obviously, this is a harmful stereotype. Americans come in all different shapes and sizes. America is a melting pot of different cultures. If you've ever been to New York, you know. The Big Apple is pretty much a good example of practically everything. The difference between Soho and Jackson Heights is staggering. Soho is like this bougie kind of neighborhood, very gentrified, and Jackson Heights is a little bit of its own ecosystem. It's like its own country within a country, if you know what I'm saying, or another country within a city. The last time I was in the Big Apple was a quick stop on the way to Dubai to see my uncle. Let me tell you, when my dad took me with him to see Ripley's, believe it or not, smack dab in the middle of Times Square with all those big bright billboards, and then a couple days later, took me to a full-blown Bengali market in Jackson Heights because my mom wanted something from one of the stores, my eyes popped out of my head. Jackson Heights is its own ecosystem. It's like a mini Bangladesh within New York. When it comes down to it, I think what makes this country so appealing is the variety of different cultures you can find here, especially in larger cities, New York, LA. There's so many different cultures that exist in this country. Latino, Bengali, African, Italian, Pakistani. The list could go on forever. Despite how much people want to stereotype what the American citizen is, the concept itself will always be fluid. You can have anybody be American. An Irish person whose ancestors came here almost a century ago. Somebody who's Indian who just immigrated here maybe a decade back to seek better work. Somebody whose family has lived here as long as they can remember. Neither of these people are less American than the other. There are so many different kinds of people living in this country, all from different backgrounds, cultures, regions, religions. But unfortunately, they aren't represented much on the silver screen. There are many different forms of representation in media, books, TVs, movies, podcasts. Hey, you're listening to one right now. And... Recently, there have been initiatives taken by producers and corporations to include people of color, members of the LGBTQ community, and so much more. Never Have I Ever is a fantastic show directed by Mindy Colling, following the story of Devi, who is South Asian. Shows like Pose do an excellent job at having LGBTQ representation and African-American representation. Kim's Convenience and Fresh Off the Boat are two hilarious series that have East Asian representation. Things are changing, and I'm glad to see it. 
However, we still have a long way to go. Because even in the year 2021, film executives still have difficulty wrapping their head around the idea that diversity is not simply just adding one person of color to a predominantly white cast and calling it a day. There have been several examples of this so far, just in this year. We're only two months into this year, and the film industry has already found ways to ignore people of color. Shocking. One recent grievance was Netflix's reboot of The Winx Club, now titled Fate, The Winx Saga. Now, I'm no film reviewer. There are tons and tons of commentary channels which could discuss the show's plot and its hits and misses much better than I can, so I'm not really going to comment on that. But um, what I am going to comment on is the whitewashing of not just one, but two major characters within the story. I grew up watching Winx Club. My favorite was actually Tecna, partially because her hair was pink, and also because of her involvement with technology, but she was completely written off the show, but, you know, it's fine. I have fond memories of watching the series on four kids, and watching the sparkly transformations, and entering a fun world which was a mix of magic and advanced technology. If there was a way to describe the settings that Wings Club took place in, it would be the physical embodiment of what I think city pop sounds like with the color schemes of the 70s. It was a fun world, I loved it, but what I loved more were the characters. There were six original Winks. Bloom, Stella, Aisha, or Layla, depending on which country you were watching the show in when it first aired, Musa, Flora, and Technica. In terms of representation, I will say that Winks was ahead of its time. Now, obviously, I'm not calling Winks incredibly something that was incredibly advanced or ingenious, because people of color should have been included from the get-go, but for its time, Winks was diverse. Out of the six Winks, three were people of color, Musa being East Asian, inspired by Lucy Liu, Aisha being Black, inspired by Beyonce, and Flora being Hispanic and inspired by Jennifer Lopez. Winx was a diverse television show. It obviously had its faults in some areas, such as the whitewashing that occurred with the character animations in later seasons, coincidentally after it was sold off to Nickelodeon. But originally, Winx was diverse, and represented young Asian, Black, and Hispanic girls who wanted to see themselves on their television sets. So when the trailer dropped for Fate, you can imagine my surprise when two of the main characters, Flora and Musa, have been whitewashed. It was jarring. I mean, think about it. How did they make this adaptation less diverse than the source material? More time has passed. The world is slowly becoming more inclusive. How did this happen? My logic regarding the show was simple. If you're able to cast a blonde white girl for Stella and a redhead who looked similar to Bloom, what was the big deal with casting an East Asian for Musa and a Hispanic person for Flora? Now, Flora wasn't exactly Flora in the series. They changed her to Tara, but old scripts and casting calls have been resurfaced to show that the person who was cast originally auditioned for Flora, a brown-skinned Hispanic character. Now, I will say the casting of Tara as somebody who is plus-size was good, 
Plus size people hardly get positive representation in media. And we need to start working towards being more inclusive to people with different body types. But what I do struggle to understand is why couldn't the character be both? Why couldn't Flora be plus size and Hispanic? There's plenty of Hispanic and plus size actresses out there who are absolutely wonderful, who would have played this role beautifully. The same logic for Musa. There was no issue with putting the word East Asian on the casting call. There are hundreds of actresses out there that could play these roles appropriately and still provide the representation showcased in the source material. Not to say that the actresses who starred in the series didn't perform well, I'm no critic, but there's no issue with specifying the word Hispanic or East Asian on a casting call. I want to be clear that I'm in no way dissing the actresses or the producers. I'm simply calling into question why it was so difficult to accurately represent people of color where there are thousands upon thousands of POC actors to choose from. I'm sure the actresses who played these roles are extremely talented and they're both absolutely gorgeous. But to me, they don't fit the role of Musa or Flora. Adding a little bit more onto Flora, I'm having trouble understanding why she was replaced with Tara. Some have speculated that it was because the showrunners were expecting backlash for their casting decision, but that is simply speculation. Winx hasn't been the only show that's come under fire due to lack of representation recently either. And that's where the conversation surrounding tokenism comes in. According to Wikipedia, tokenism in a television setting can be the act of putting a minority into the mix to create some sort of publicly viewed diversity. Basically, it's sticking a person of color into a predominantly white cast as a form of quote-unquote representation to avoid backlash from viewers. The reason it's called tokenism is because screenwriters and producers will essentially use the character as a token. When people call into question the lack of diversity in the television show, they wave around that character and say, look, we have exactly one person of color. We're so diverse. And the worst part is, is that said person of color is shoved aside, forgotten about within like the first couple episodes, maybe after the first season, if you're lucky. Tokenism is in some of your favorite TV shows. Heck, it's in some of mine. I'm a huge Criminal Minds junkie. I absolutely love the show. And in the earlier seasons, I'm talking about seasons maybe one through nine, the only people of color were Derek Morgan and Elle Greenway, who was half Cuban but also white passing. And even then, she would later be replaced by Emily Prentice, who was white in season two. Criminal Minds is not the only procedural drama to have done this. Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, any procedural with the word Chicago in the title, have all had token people of color that support a predominantly white cast. Just one person of color so they won't be flamed by the public for lacking diversity. Gossip Girl is another huge one. The only people of color were Blair's sidekicks who were later ignored after just a couple of cameos. Friends doesn't have any people of color at all in the core cast. And when featured, people of color were caricatures. Stereotypes who seem to have no personality other than uplifting a predominantly white cast and their own motives. 
Many people have said tokenism and the lack of representation is due to who's behind the camera. According to the DGA, which analyzed more than 3,100 episodes produced in the 2011 to 2012 network television calendar year, white males directed 73% of all episodes and white females directed 11% of all episodes. Minority males were behind the camera for 13% of all episodes, while minority females only directed a measly 4%. Popular shows like Veep, The Office, CSI, they all had little to no minorities working behind the camera, which would have led to POC characters being pushed aside in favor of storylines centering around, you guessed it, white people. Take a look at The Office. The three POC characters, Kelly Kapoor, Oscar Martinez, Stanley Hudson, all have little to no storyline centering around them. Meanwhile, characters like Dwight, Angela, Pam, Jim, Michael, all have their own stories and arcs centered around them. Shows have also not refrained from putting down their POC characters. Sitcoms are filled with one-liners stereotyping people of color, a laugh at the expense of actually developing the character. In the article Tokenism Stereotypes and Why We Need More Directors of Color, Charing Ball cites the popular show Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls, which has been said to be diverse and edgy, yet has two white females as their main characters, is an example of this. Ball writes that despite its apparent diversity, the show is chock full of one-note jokes usually at the expense of ethnic characters, who more often than not are caricatures of the respective minority groups. The most prominent and egregious of these characters is Han Lee, played by Matthew Moy, who is the Korean owner of the diner where the two broke girls are employed. The Lee character is best described as being fairly regressive, embodying all the stereotypical Asian characteristics, including the broken accent and tongue-in-cheek jokes. Two Broke Girls isn't the only show with this issue so far. Other shows feature caricatures, empty vessels of characters, only there to act as diversity, and once again, uphold the motives of the white main characters. Shows that claim to be diverse have a terrible habit of including people of color, only to make them stereotypes. I'm talking stereotypes like the Indian math nerd with a thick accent in your favorite high school drama, a... African-American assistant who for some reason is always written off as having a bad temper or being sassy. The Korean character whose only personality trait is being cheap. This is not representation. Representation is having POC characters being an integral part of the story, having their own personalities, issues, struggles, dreams, not being a side piece in the grand scheme of things or an excuse for directors to use to say their show is so diverse when it isn't. There are many other problems with representation. Oftentimes, shows featuring a certain culture lack the representation to back it up and don't make any effort to seem accurate to the culture referenced. Iron Fist featured an all-white cast with the exception of one Asian character, despite the show being strongly based in East Asian culture. Even when characters, I apologize, even when cultures are featured in American media, they are often appropriated and lead people to stereotype and make baseless assumptions about certain cultures and religions. 
It's not even just in television shows. Books have been accused of cultural appropriation. Seriously, just look on TikTok. The concept of divine manifestation has grown more and more rampant in American media, a traditionally Hindu concept. Yet, nobody has addressed it as such or acknowledged it as a part of Hinduism, simply a trend. Also, who is going to tell these TikTokers that divine manifestation does not work by locking in a five-second video by liking it? They're just thirsty for clicks. That's not how it works. Cultures are so often appropriated in American media, and most of the time, when cultures turn into trends, it's not even accurate. Even when POC get the opportunity to be casted, be a part of the story, there's this aspect of colorism that comes into play. Many people have pointed out that there have only been an increasing amount of colorism in Western media. Western media. Many people have pointed out that there has only been an increasing amount of colorism in Western media. Many major black characters that have been cast have either been biracial or have a lighter skin tone. Kaja Maboy has an excellent video covering this topic in the Netflix hit show Bridgerton and how a majority of the black main characters were light-skinned and had Eurocentric features. She goes into this topic much deeper in her YouTube video, which you can find linked with our other sources on the description and on our Instagram. When POC are cast, Eurocentric features are also common amongst actors and actresses. Rarely are ethnic features that are common within the group ever represented. I have a downturn nose, and from the side, it looks a little bit like a hook. I've never had the ski slope that was so often depicted as being the standard for women on television. So many POC characters have Eurocentric features, or features that conform to Western beauty standards. Even when POC are casted, the features that are predominantly present in their own ethnic group are ignored in favor of those seen as pretty by Western media. Representation matters in the film and TV industry. People should be able to look on the silver screen and feel heard and seen. Minorities are not just vehicles for the showrunners to stuff in a stereotypical joke or as a shield against reviews that rightfully call out shows as being not so diverse. Minorities have their own stories. Minorities deserve to be characters that have their own struggles, not have their life revolve around their friend and serve as some sort of mother hen available at the main character's beck and call. Minority stories and representation are important. I'm tired of seeing myself as a stereotype when I know I am so much more. I'm tired of seeing others feel like they're simply a stereotype, because we're all worth so much more than that. What we want are our own stories. What we want is to finally be the main character. What we want is to finally be the character who slays the dragon, discovers the treasure, not the character who held the door or acted as a stepping stool. What I want to see in American media is them considering people of color as people rather than being checkboxes they have to fill in order for their movie or TV show or book to be called diverse. People of color are just as capable and have just as much potential to be the main character, to be the shining star. So, American showrunners, executives, novelists, whoever's in charge, give us the representation that we deserve. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Student Body Podcast, and I'll talk to you all next time. Thanks.